Good morning, church. How you doing this morning? Hey, I want you to welcome this morning to our stage our student ministries director, Ben Miners. Good morning. <laughs> they didn't really want to clap for you, but I made them. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I get over it. Well, Ben's, Ben's been, he's one of our, our former students and graduates and leaders and has uh, been demoted now, I mean promoted now, <laughs> to student ministries director. And uh, tell us a little about, we just saw up there on the video, uh, My One Shirt and Speed the Light. Tell us a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about Speed the Light. I feel like I should stand up here, though. <laughs> Is that better? We're eye to eye. Yeah, we're eye to eye now. <laughs> No, great. Speed of Light is actually an organization um, that is specifically geared towards students. And our student ministry is involved in this organization. It started in 1944 as a way to involve students directly, get them directly involved with missions and missionaries. Um, and so basically w- the way it works is that students give to this organization Speed Light, and, and Speed Light then takes that money and gives it to missionaries. It buys them vehicles, um, transportation equipment needs that they have um, to spread the gospel around the world. Awesome. So our missionaries are actually able to do more on the ground when they, when they get there than they would without uh, the money that our students are providing. Exactly. It's um, a really amazing opportunity because, as, as you all know, missionaries and missions organizations that are working around the world um, have a lot of needs when it comes to transportation and things like that, especially in countries where um, the road systems are not um, up to par with what we have here. And in some places, you need some vehicles that have some extra capabilities um, with, with the special terrains, right. and, and honestly, Speed Light doesn't work just in transportation, but also works with um, multiple different kinds of equipment needs that, that missionaries have. Um, I don't know if you remember, remember the Alexanders came um, last Sunday, and they were talking about wells and a- building wells in Africa, and they said that Speed Light actually provides just about everything except for the actual drill itself that they use to, oh, okay. to make the wells, and so awesome. it's a great opportunity for our students here to be involved directly with what missionaries and, and organizations like Convoy of Hope and um, Africa Oasis Project are doing around That's the awesome. World. Do you know since about 2009, our students have sacrificially given over $30,000? Isn't that amazing? It's been about consistently the, the students have actually given um, around 10000 and upwards of $10,000 every year to Speed of Light. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible. So tell me about My One Shirt. What, what's that all about? Yeah, basically, it's an initiative that's focused on an area of the world called the 1040 window. And that is um, the part of the world that is between 10 degrees and 40 degrees north of the equator. And it's estimated that about 60% of the world actually lives within that area. And they say that actually 80% of of that area is what we consider the world's poorest of the poor. Um, People living in, in really extreme poverty. And, and 90, 95% of those that are living in the 1040 window have never heard the gospel, never had a chance to. And so the idea with my one shirt is that we are choosing to identify with people in poverty. Many of those people have only one shirt. That's all the clothing that they have. And, and I don't know if you've ever been overseas before, but you go to a third world country, and, and oftentimes the, the means that the people have and the resources they have are so limited, many people only have one pair of clothes. And, and some children only have maybe like a pair of shorts, not even a shirt. And so we're choosing to identify with them, and, and starting on October 9th, we decided to wear one shirt for 30 days to raise awareness for people in the 1040 window and to raise money for Speedlight, who Speedlight is giving money and resources to missions, organizations that are working in that area um, to reach them with not just the gospel, but actually to um, improve their lives and, and give them a, a, awesome. a chance for, for new life. That's awesome. So how can our generous church become part of what our students are doing through My One Shirt? Yeah, well, first of all, you can buy a shirt. 
we're selling shirts. They're twenty dollars um, a piece, and and you can wear this shirt and do the challenge with us for thirty days. We're gonna wear this shirt. So it's can, pretty. Can we wash it? You can. You are allowed to wash it, okay. and I would actually suggest that you wash it. Now, when it. we say we're only wearing one shirt, we're allowed to wear pants too. Please wear pants. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. We're, it's, a, it's a different kind of awareness we're looking for. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we can... <laughs> You're a student ministries director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they can purchase the shirt. They can wear the shirt. What, how else is this working? Yeah, so basically you purchase the shirt and, and then you can wear it. And then we're also encouraging the students to actually form teams in their schools um, to promote this project and because basically what we're doing is specifically with with this project we're actually working with a ministry in India called Project Rescue okay. and Project Rescue works to um, rescue people out of human trafficking in the red light districts of Mumbai and, and other cities in Calcutta there in India um, and, and the cool thing is that they're not only taking people out women and, and children out of slavery but they're actually empowering them to live different lives oh. and that's really important a lot of it's, it's to an extent that's it's awesome. easy yeah it's great to an extent, it's, it's, it's easy to take someone out of a situation, but it's a whole other story to actually change, um, bring healing and restoration to their lives and give them new hope for a different life. Many people, once they come immediately out of those situations and, they, and they're just left on the curb, they go right back into it because that's all they know. And Project Rescue is actually there working not only with, with mothers that are, that, are working, that are working in the brothels, but they're actually taking the kids. And one of the cool things, we're actually purchasing a shuttle for them to pick up kids in the red light district. And they're raising these kids for the mothers who are, who are sex slaves. And they're, and they're taking them to school and, and providing them with opportunities to learn and live a different life. Awesome. Um, so we're really excited about that. That's what the My One Shirt Project is all about. Awesome. Um, we have some missionaries with us this morning as we dive into our mis- uh, global missions experience. I want you to welcome to the stage a warm C2 welcome to Tom and Missy Trask of Chi Alpha. Well, thanks guys for being here. It's an exciting morning as we get to share missions worldwide from, from just simple things like buying a t-shirt to uh, things that you guys are doing right here in our community. And, and we're going to talk some more uh, with our next guests about worldwide. But tell us who you guys are and what you guys are doing. Well, my name's Tom Trask, and this is my lovely wife of almost 11 years now, Missy, and my, uh, honestly, soon-to-be daughter, uh, Taylor Trask. Uh, you I'm love a, doing that, don't you? I, 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 I do. It's That's my, good. That's good. It's my first kid, so <laughs> it, yes, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. But uh, I, I do want to say thank you guys. Yeah. Uh, C2 was one of the first churches that when Missy and I came to Mizzou, you guys were became a part of our support team, prayed for us, awesome. and just want to say thank you for all the years of support. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Tell us, how long have you uh, been serving at Mizzou? Uh, Missy and I, this is our ninth school year now, so almost a decade. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about what Chi Alpha is for those of, uh, of us who aren't familiar with it. Uh, Chi Alpha is the Assemblies God outreach to secular campuses across the United States. We have more than 300 Chi Alphas at different universities and colleges everywhere. Wow, terrific. So churches like us that are passionate about reaching the college campuses of their community turn to Chi Alpha as part of their strategy. At least that's what we're doing. I assume there are other churches as smart as us out there. Uh, There definitely are. (laughs) Because not every place can have a U.S. missionary. Right. And so a lot of times we actually have helped a lot of churches start Chi Alphas at their universities, and they have embraced it as a part of their own. Awesome. So you guys are actually appointed by the Assemblies of God as U.S. missionaries yes. to Mizzou. 
Okay. Now, do we, we serve uh, Mizzou, and what are the other colleges that you guys currently work with? Uh, we also started Chi Alpha at Columbia College. Terrific. And I'm also the district uh, Chi Alpha director. Okay. And so we've been able to establish Chi Alphas uh, throughout the district. That's terrific. That's awesome. Well, give us uh, an idea as you guys, you live, you, you have a house on campus, a, a Chi Alpha house, mm-hmm. and you kind of live your life there, although you don't live on campus, correct? Thank God. Yes, amen. So. <laughs> give, us a, give us a glimpse of what a week in the life of Chi Alpha would look like. A lot of caffeine, little sleep, but a lot of Jesus. Awesome. Um, basically, we're a pretty developed ministry. Uh, we, every week, uh, Monday at our Chi Alpha house, we'll do prayer at 5 o'clock, and we'll have 30 to 40 kids show up every week. 5 a.m.? No. I didn't think so. These are college students after all. Exactly, yes. Um, after that, we may have uh, leadership meetings, uh, service team meetings, what, whatnot at the house. Every Tuesday, we have two services Wow. at both 7 and 9 on campus, uh, just trying to meet needs of people. And uh, a lot of the students, they several of them can't get out of class till 8.30 because Mizzou's added classes. Okay. So we try to meet their need. And between both services, we probably run 150 to 170 pretty consistently. Wow, that's great. And throughout Wednesday and Thursdays, uh, we have 14 Bible studies going on in wow. the different dorms on campus. And uh, on top of that, we do monthly activities Every single week we do an outreach on campus, whether it's worship on campus or we have students that will just come together and they'll go out and pray for people. We do missions trips. We had 45 students last year go on missions trips to El Salvador, uh, the Dream Center in Atlanta, and also Joplin, Missouri to help with construction. And so we keep them busy. We'll say that. (laughs) Sounds like it. What does does the makeup of Chi Alpha look like? Like Who are the students that you are reaching? We're really diverse, to be honest with you. We have every race, nationality, and it, it's been fun because, I'll be honest, we, we've made an effort to really just connect with different people. Uh, we've been focusing a lot on our international ministry and trying to make these students that are coming from all around the world, far from home, a part of who we are. Not just doing an event or giving them food, but we've really made an effort to, like, add them to our small groups and sure. make them part of what we're doing. So, so you're really providing them for, for many of them. You're actually giving them family when they're away from, away from family there. Absolutely. At our Chi Alpha house, uh, we actually have pictures on the walls, and they look like family pictures, different activities, different events, and that's on purpose. We want these kids that, you know, a lot of times they are away from family for the first time. They get a little homesick. We want them to feel like they have somewhere to go and be a part, and sure. they're not alone. What, uh, as Christian Chapel partners with you guys through Chi Alpha, what difference, what impact are we making on the, the lives of these, these students? I'm going to have my wife take the story because, I'll be honest, I can't do it without getting... You'd cry, wouldn't you? I, I do. So, and she's tougher than me. So. <laughs> It's not true. <laughs> um, no, we had a few years ago a, one of our small group leaders that um, she was on her way to small group and was running very late. And so she's, you know, trying to make it to the room on time and realizes that um, the Lord is asking her to just stop and talk to this girl who's sitting alone eating her meal and just to introduce herself and say, hey, you should come to my Bible study. 
And she kind of argued with God and said, I don't really have time to do that. And he said, no, you need to take a minute and actually talk to this girl. And so she did. And so she quickly just said, hey, my name's Julie. And, you know, we have this Bible study if you want to join us, you know, after you're done eating. And so she was very surprised a few minutes later when the girl actually walked through the door and um, joined their Bible study and honestly started coming to Bible study every single week, started coming to service every single week, gave her life to Christ. I mean, this girl had never really, you know, didn't grow up in church or anything like that. And so gave her life to Christ. And honestly, the Lord healed her from being bipolar. Um, He, like... She was failing out of school. She thought she was going to have to leave school. Um, She graduated with honors, and she is now doing her master's at Mizzou um, and is doing phenomenal. But she said to her small group leader a few weeks after she had gotten saved, and she said, do you understand the impact that you had in my life that night that you talked to me? And Julie, she's just like, oh, yeah, it was so exciting. I, you know, invited you to small group. And, And she goes, no, no, you don't understand because I hadn't left my dorm room in about two weeks. And I decided that night I'm going to go to the dining hall. And if no one talks to me, if I can, on a campus of 30,000 students, go to the dining hall and nobody says anything to me, tonight's the night I'm taking my life when I come back. And Julie was the only person that spoke to her that evening. And so not only um, did she come to know Christ and she's doing phenomenal, but she would have met her eternity without Jesus had it not been for that moment that night. Amazing, amazing story. And I, I, I can only assume that's just one of several stories as we've talked and you've shared. I'm just amazed at what God is doing through you. And you guys are raising up leaders within your ministry to reach the campus. And I think that's, that's just phenomenal. Share with us, we're going to watch a video here that kind of shows a little bit more of the impact that, uh, that Chi Alpha is making. But tell us what you guys see coming in, in Chi Alpha and how we as a church can continue to partner with you? Well, twofold. Like the story you just heard, things aren't getting better. I, I Just be honest, we're getting more and more kids in who come in from broken families. Sure. We have several kids, literally, who their moms were prostitutes. They're products of affairs. Their dads, their moms don't want anything to do with them. They're putting themselves through school. And we desperately could use your prayers because we can't fix it ourselves. Only Jesus can. And we've seen marvelous things happen when he gets involved. And so that's, unfortunately, that's going to continue to come and grow. Uh, And actually, hands-on, like I mentioned, we are really trying to reach out to the international students on campus. Mizzou has over 3,000 international students. Wow. And a lot of them bring their families over. Probably So it probably takes the number closer to 5,000 okay. in the city of Columbia. And we really believe that this is the opportunity that the Lord has given to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Jeremy, we all have to stand before God someday and give an account of, for what we've done or not done on this earth. Right. And there's going to be a day Jesus is going to ask us, what did you do with the children I sent you? Right. And... It's cool, you know, if the Lord calls you to go to India, China, Africa, go. Be obedient to the Lord. But same time, he's bringing them right here. That's true. You don't have to go. They've come. Right. And we need help reaching these students. And so in past years, we've done something called Adopt-A-Family. Okay. 
and we try to get these international students plugged in with Christian families across Columbia that once a month you guys have them to your house just for a meal, just to talk with them. Because statistically, 80% of all international students who come to the U.S. never enter an American's home. That's amazing. And we have a responsibility as Christians to change that. Yeah. And so in past years, we've had this adopt the family. And we've had 40 or 50 kids get involved. We've seen students saved. We've seen lives change amazing. because of it. And that's something that, as a church, you guys could join with us because, I mean, we're, we have students. They live in the dorms. <laughs> and even the ones that don't, you don't want. Ramen noodles. You, you don't, yeah, ramen noodles. You don't want them cooking for internationals. You know, it's, and so <laughs> we could use your help. Plugging some of these. I got a microwave. I can cook. There you go. Hot pocket it up. Yeah. So, you know. But well, that's we, awesome. We could use help doing that. Well, I think, church, that's a simple way to be more than a church, isn't it? I mean, to, to host a few international students once a month. You mentioned to me, uh, I think on, in first service, I said something about cooking for them. And you said, they might even cook for you. And I thought, well, that's a deal right there. Um, well, we'll have some more information as we work together. Uh, with our, we kind of have this group forming of people who are passionate about reaching college students. Uh, we'll communicate that to you, church, on how you can participate in that. But let me say this before we go to the video. We pledge to you, if I can speak for the whole church, we pledge to you our continued prayers, and we pledge to you our continued financial support, and we pledge to you our continued partnership in whatever way we can to reach the campuses right here. Thanks, Tom and Missy, for sharing those stories with us, and we look forward to so many more like that. I want you to welcome to the stage now Dr. Clinton and Jane Cazette. Dr. Cazette, share with us uh, a little bit about who you are and uh, your missionary calling. Amen. It's good to be with you this morning. It's uh, very interesting how the Lord oftentimes doesn't give up on people. I ran from the Lord for about 10 years. And um, when I stopped running, I was 26 years old. I was in uh, pharmacy school. And it was a Chi Alpha pastor that actually uh, encouraged me to get involved in Bible study and a few other things. And um, we uh, have been in the ministry many, many years now. And we started with Detroit Teen Challenge. We worked there for about three years, then I pastored in the, the state of Michigan. And actually, this guy over here, his dad was our pastor when he was a baby. Wow. Amen. And uh, he doesn't remember us, but I remember him. <laughs> and uh, It's all good. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's good. <laughs> I'll tell stories later. But anyway. um, we uh, went from there. We came to Missouri to go to graduate school, and the Lord made me a correctional chaplain. And uh, one time my mother told her doctor that uh, I was in prison. And he, <laughs> he looked at her, and his eyes got kind of big, and she said, Oh, I'm so sorry. And my mother said, Well, he's the chaplain, but anyway. <laughs> and uh, while I was there, the Lord got me back involved in the military as a military chaplain. So. I did that for a lot of years, and in 2008, uh, I was coming out of the military. I had been in Iraq for 14 months at that time with the 1st Armored Division, and uh, we went to Fort Campbell with 101st Airborne, 
uh, for a couple of years. And leaving there in 2008, God began to speak to my wife and I about getting involved in world missions. And uh, what we do today is uh, I work with the graduate school of Global University. And just a word about Global, it is not a resident school. It is your mission school. They're worldwide. We're in 150 countries. Mm -hmm. There are over 600,000 students, and 80% of them are foreign students. Wow. And uh, it's just a tremendous outreach. And uh, God is really transforming the church around the world through that ministry. But uh, we've been doing that on special assignment. We're actually U.S. missionaries doing world missions on special assignment from chaplaincy. Totally confusing. Uh, God, but, God has a way. So, so what you shared with me, you, you are in, in different countries throughout the year. So what, what countries have you served or are you, are you currently serving? Um, I'll share a little bit about the, just to give you a snapshot, I can only mention a few of the nations we're involved with, uh, but back in 2009, another gentleman and I went in and started the Bible school in uh, Iran. Wow. It's called the Iran Bible College. It's still functioning at this day. Uh, we move it around. It does not sit in one place. We do a lot of the work in, uh, with those uh, folks in Central Asia. And uh, in, in 2012, we started a Bible school in China. And uh, in just a year's time, there are over 12,000 students there now, including a doctoral program that starts this fall in Beijing, China. And uh, that will probably end up being the largest Bible school in the world. Wow. Um, I just got back um, a couple of weeks ago from the nation of Cuba. Cuba today has 4,000, over 4,000 house churches. There are over 6,000 students studying with Global University. And uh, I, I was there teaching on leadership, but I got to preach in one of the churches um, that, that one Sunday that I was there. And uh, it was a church of over 500 and I share these things because it's a snapshot of what God is doing around the world. Uh, in this church, as I was preaching, I looked out and I saw people standing in the street. It was in a residential area, and uh, they were out in the street listening to the service. In the houses around the church, the people were out on the balconies, standing in doorways and stuff, and listening to the service. And uh, when we gave the altar call, call at the end of the service, it lasted for over an hour and a half as God met with the people. There were healings and uh, all kinds of things occurred. And that is a, a, just a sampling of what God does around the world as we go into these various areas. Um, in the classes there, as I was teaching in, in Cuba, to give you an idea, we do two things. We are being sent by the Lord around the world starting Bible schools, and we're also training the leadership of the church around the world. And in this particular group, uh, one of the students was the assistant general superintendent of the Assemblies of God in Cuba. There were two or three district superintendents in the class. There were three or four Bible college teachers for the Cuba Bible College in the class, and then several pastors of very large churches in that nation. 
and uh, we go in there with the permission of the Cuban government on a special visa. They mandated that their pastors be credentialed and have an education by an accredited school, and God has just opened the doors there, but that's occurring in different nations around the world. Um, we are being given responsibility over 30 schools in the nation of India. Wow. And I have a little listing here of where we have either just started a school or are beginning a school. Um, this next month, the school in Egypt starts. So you're trying to find like the, the easiest places to start <laughs> schools, apparently. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. I've always laughed, and, and I share a little bit with the pastors, that it's interesting that the Lord took a chaplain who spent over two years in combat and made him uh, into someone that travels the world and trains church leaders. Right. Church leaders in some of the toughest nations in the world to be a Christian. You've mentioned yes. China, Cuba, Egypt. Uh, these are these are not typically countries we think of as countries you can just go in and start up a Bible college. If you watch the news and you see where there's bad news from different areas of the world, we are in there working and we're in places that I can't talk about. But you're you're not the one starting the trouble. No. No. Okay. I was making sure. All right. I I go into some places very quietly, <laughs> very quietly. Uh, my wife made a list for me so that I can remember some of the things we're doing. Um, the last uh, three or four years, God has just been moving just miraculously all over the world. And I have to look at my calendar many times anymore to see if I just came from somewhere and where I'm going and what I'm supposed to be doing that day. But it's marvelous. I wish the church could see and the pastors could see the things that I see on a regular basis of what God is doing. And know this, that when you turn on the news and you see all this bad news, know that God is doing things in the nation. Now, I'll give you just an example of where some of the work is occurring that we can talk about. Um, we're currently starting a school in the nation of Armenia, um, Myanmar, which used to be Burma, we're starting a school there. Uh, Sri Lanka, which is an island off the southern tip of India, we're starting a school there. Uh, Trinidad, Tobago, um, and I mentioned a couple of the other ones. We've had the school going in Vietnam for between two and three years now, and it's doing very well. And uh, that's just a sampling of what God is doing in various areas of the world. And I want to make a, a comment so that you understand. Uh, sometimes in the American church, it's hard for us as a people to understand what God is doing in the world. But we have such a wonderful system in America to educate our pastors and our church leadership. We kind of take it for granted when we come in and listen to a pastor and we hear these uh, very deep messages in the Word and this, the, um, the information that's given and the Bible that is learned. Well, we're working in areas of the world where people don't have that opportunity. And God loves people and he loves his church and he's trying to raise up the leadership of the church um, because it, it becomes more effective in touching that nation for Christ. Hmm. 
That's amazing. So the time is now. Yes. Um, If I could say anything also to the church, um, I know, you know, Jane and I have been in the ministry almost 40 years. And I have watched, I think the the gap between those that want to live for God and those that don't is getting wider and wider. I think most folks in the church would say amen to that. Amen? I see that worldwide. I see a, a, another thing that's very evident as we travel in the world and in this country is the churches, um, th- some of them are becoming very, very complacent. And I know how the enemy hinders and tries to get you to put off doing what you're doing for Jesus, you know, till tomorrow or next week or next month or whatever. I don't think, especially as a military chaplain and knowing the world situation, that we have the luxury of putting off what we do for Jesus. What you do for the Lord, I think you've got to do now. And in some of these nations we're working in, I'd be very surprised if we still have a door to go in there in the next three to five years. Hopefully we will. But the way it's looking in the world and what you've seen go on with the Arab Spring and the Muslim Brotherhood and everything, some of these nations... It's uh, very dangerous to be a Christian and try to live in these countries. Matter of fact, the Saeed that you're hearing about, the Iranian pastor that's in prison there, sure. he's a he's a graduate of Global University. Wow! And um, there are many situations like that around the world where the church is being persecuted. Many of the of pastors that I work with are in areas where their life is in danger simply because they love the Lord and they mm-hmm. pastor the church. Well, thank you for responding to God's call and, and allowing us the opportunity to partner with that in places that most of us will never step foot. I pledge to you for our church, our continued prayer, our continued financial support and partnership in, in whatever way we can to make sure the gospel goes into these places where it never has gone before. Amen. Amen. And... Uh, as I had said in the first service, both Brother Trask and I can tell you that we know when you're praying and when you're not. <laughs> we know when you're giving and when you're not. And uh, our prayers are with you. We pray for pastors all the time and for churches. Tom and Missy for being here with us today. And Dr. Clinton and Jane, because thank you again for your time. Can we give them another round of applause? Thank you. This is how we become more than a church, is reaching outside these four walls of this building, out into our community, into our city, into our college campuses, and to the world. And we want to preach the gospel boldly. And maybe you're sitting here this morning, and as you listen to our missionaries share about the love of Jesus Christ, and as you sat in worship and experienced the very presence of God, maybe you find yourself saying, I've never entered into that relationship with Jesus. Well, this is your eternal moment. This is that moment you get to make that decision. In church, in reverence of that moment, would you close your eyes? And if that's you, and you say, Pastor Jeremy, I've never committed my life to Christ, I've never accepted what he did on the cross to die for my sins, his resurrection from the dead to give me new life. I've never entered in that relationship and this is your moment. You can simply say a prayer with me. It goes something like this. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. 
I need your forgiveness. I accept your death and your resurrection and the power that raised you from the dead is the same power that I want in my life to change my life and give me a new start. Come into my life and help me to live for you. If you prayed that prayer this morning, the Bible says that you're a new creation. You're not a better version of yourself. You're actually a new creature. The Bible promises that the power of Jesus comes into your life and begins to change you like that song we sang this morning, from the inside out. And I'm so thankful that the power of God can start on the inside. And all the brokenness, the hurt, the mess that I've created, the power of God can come in and change it all. And I'm so thankful for those of you who've made that commitment. Would you stand with us this morning? Could I bless you and pray for you this morning as you go out from this place into wherever God has called you on mission to? Father God, I bless your church this morning. And in the name of Jesus, would you go before them as they enter their workplaces, in their homes, their schools, in every relationship, in every place that they walk, would you cause your light to shine on them and through them? Would you give them wisdom as they face the circumstances of their life? And would you author in them right into existence faith that they do not have yet to believe you for things that they are facing? Would you bless your people in their going and in their coming, in everything that they put their hand to do, would be blessed of you and speak of your name, Jesus Christ, to bring fame to that name. And would you bring us back here next week as we celebrate you again and being more than a church. Lord, we do not want to be that church that fades into existence, that, as Dr. Kazette said, is complacent. We want to be more than that church. We want to be your church. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Church, I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great week.